You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I want to talk to you about something important. Today I want to talk to you about the problem with programming. The problem with programming. Wait a minute. Rick, isn't that what we do? Isn't that a big part of NASM? Isn't that the whole purpose of the NASM OPT model? It is. In fact, if you said that, then you beat me to the punch. Because of the problems that I have listed with programming, the first problem is people don't do it. People don't do programming. That is the biggest problem with programming. It's not even that people are doing it wrong. I'd rather you do it wrong than do it not at all. So I like this idea of programming. Obviously, I I believe it's it's very important to what we do as personal trainers. It is a significant anchor for NASM. It is that OPT model, that model of what? It's a model for programming. It is a programming model. It is a periodization model. And so I think it's important that rather than not doing it, we we do it. And so the problem with programming, number one, is people don't do it. Number two, number two, it is difficult to turn the concept of something like programming into application if you're studying this without having been around people that actually do it. That's really hard. It's hard to take concepts, nutrition concepts. I have a concept of nutrition. Great, you've done your nutrition coaching program. You have these ideas about nutrition and then you get a client and that client's having trouble with their nutrition. And all of those things that you know in your head now have to turn into an application with a client. Same thing with that wellness coaching certification. It's a great certification. Then you get somebody and all of a sudden you're like, oh no, now I have to do this. I have it in concept. How do I have it in application? I wish there was someone here to show me. And I get it. I get it. I think think you're right. I think it's very, very challenging to turn a concept into application. So I, I'll I'll add that to the list there. I think that's that is a challenge. That is a challenge without having somebody there. And it's it's interesting because we can work on things together conceptually, and to the people who practice it, it makes sense when they write it out. But it doesn't mean it makes sense to you. And I use this example all the time. If you if if you're studying your NASM right now, you're studying to be a personal trainer or if you have studied to be a personal trainer or even took a basic like kinesiology class, you'll know that there are three planes of motion, sagittal, frontal, transverse, or you may recall it. And then there's, uh, they usually have this, this gender neutral body. And here it is with the arms out to the side, like Vitruvian man from uh, uh, Da Vinci. And there's one and it splits him front and back, and there's another that splits him from side to side, and there's another that splits him from top to bottom, and he goes, oh, this is this is uh, frontal, this is sagittal, this is transverse plane. 
And I got to tell you what, I if if you don't know what that means in advance, that picture has never helped a single person. It only helps you once you know what the picture means. And I think the programming is like that too. Programs the same way. In my head, as I write it out, it makes sense. But if you've never done it before, that doesn't make any sense. It's hard because it's hard to take a concept and put it in an application. So number two, turning concepts into applications are challenging. I don't care what field you're in, that is very challenging. What about number three? Number three is wanting to do all the options as soon as possible. And that's going to mess up your programming because if you want to do drop setting and you want to do Olympic lifting and you want to do full straight up kettlebell training and you want to incorporate all of these different types of modalities and different types of lifts and split routines and um, uh, progressive overload in a way that's not progressive <laughs> because you want to do stuff. I call this the, hey, what about problem? What about this thing that I want to do that I saw somebody do that I've done before and it doesn't fit into my programming right now? And I want to hurry up and do it. But you have a hard time putting together programs. You'll put together workouts. But you have a hard time putting together programs if all you're doing is chomping at the bit to get the next thing in, to get the next thing done. Sometimes you got to slow down. You just slow down and do your programs in a way that is meaningful that is goal-oriented or results-oriented, and that is progressive. That's, what, that's the way it should be. And so if you want to do everything now, as soon as you start training, you want to try all the things, and the program in the book says, hey, you remember slow down. This is might be where you want to start, especially with a new client. But you want your new client to do Olympic lifts, and this person never lifted before, but you like doing Olympic lifts, we might have a little issue here. How do you build and to get somebody to increase their overall performance? And it doesn't matter what they're going to perform in. Hence the optimal performance training model. I want you to be able to perform better in life. Certainly it started as a training model for sports and athletics. But it is, a, it is a model for the everyday athlete. It is a daily model for people getting better at their day-to-day -day life and routines. And even if it's not about helping you be better at your day-to-day -day routine, it's exercise. And we know clear, clear as day based on the research and the experience um, increases life expectancy, decreases, um, uh, increases how you feel about yourself. We see decreases in anxiety and depression. So getting people moving, I, I'm all about that. I think it's great. But can we get people moving and progress them along a, um, a progressive model that follows a system? And the thing is, if you don't have a system, you can progress somebody and get lost. If you have a system, but it doesn't create progression, then you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And we don't get anybody anywhere. We're not moving them towards their result. We're just moving them. So let's be results-oriented and results-focused. All right.
What about number four? Next one. One must think ahead. That's a problem with programming. You got to think ahead about what you want to do. Because in essence, that's what programming is. Thinking, planning, mapping out the journey that this client is going to be taking with you, their trainer. But this is not what I tend to see people do. First of all, if I see people not writing down a program or uh, if I don't see them reviewing a program, like looking at the program and saying, oh, this is what we're going to do, then yes, maybe you are in tune enough with your clients to kind of progress them and know it's no new trainer is going to be able to do that. First of all, secondly, I've been training a long time. I, I had somebody, I was like, Hey, we're going to do bike today. We haven't done it in ages. And she looked at me with fear because she hates doing the bike, the bike with the army things, the arms, she's moving the arms and the legs, the bike. I said, we haven't done it in ages. Why are you giving me so upset? She goes, we did it on Friday. I said, no, we didn't. She goes, check your thingy. Check the thingy. And so I scrolled to Friday's workout. And guess what? We did. We did bike on Friday. And I was like, well, listen, I don't care about that we did bike on Friday. We're doing bike today because before Friday, we hadn't done it in months because you don't like doing bike. We just need to practice bike and start getting that into your program to mix it up a little bit. And she was like, fine, fine, fine. But she was right. How did she know? that I should check the thing because she sees me looking at the program. She sees that I write things out for her, that I track, and that's how you create progress. So people, you, you gotta think ahead, but you gotta be careful because people don't tend to think ahead. I know it's easier to come in and say, what do you wanna do today? I don't know, what do you wanna do? Hold on now, what do you wanna do? I think another problem with programming, number five, a problem with programming is that people lose track of the schedule and then they fall into the making it as you go problem. What do you mean? Well, let's say that you do a couple of weeks of strength endurance training or stabilization endurance training. You do a few weeks of that and then you switch to strength and then you're not really tracking it. And then you don't know where you are. So now you're three or four months in. You can't remember if you're doing stabilization. You can't remember if you're doing strength. You can't remember what type of strength you're doing if you're doing strength. Because you're not tracking. And then even if you are tracking, like you could just be writing out workouts. But they are, the exercise selection needs to fall in line with the program, the plan that's going to lead you somewhere. And so if you're in this place where you're writing out workouts, but it's not a system to progress somebody towards their goal, then all you're doing is writing out workouts. You're not programming people. And so we want to see the programming. If you lose track of program, here's one of the things that you can do. In your programming, let's say you've got, <clears throat> you got somebody scheduled every uh, Tuesday, Thursday at 10 a.m., and you just go into your program, you go into your calendar, and in your calendar, ahead at time, you mark out this week, and you say, okay, I'm going to see Karen, Karen, week one of six, week two of six, week three of six, week four of six, and then you say, okay, you did such a great job. In four weeks, you accomplish what we're going to do in six weeks. 
you can just edit and then say, okay, now in your calendar, so I use this on my iPhone. I have an iPhone, my iPhone calendar, and you can put in what program they are and you just have them go with that. So if you're not blocking it out and charting it, you don't have a chart somewhere, then just put it in your schedule, put it in your program and let yourself know where you are. And then you can change it and edit it based on where they are. You don't have to say, I said six weeks, I'm going to do it six weeks. It ends up being four weeks or three weeks. And you go, oh, I like, I like where we are. And I'd like to get you into this next level of, level of training. Let's move into the next level. I think you're ready for it. Cool. Cool. Do that. Uh, number six, what's wrong with programming? What's wrong with programming is that people just don't know where to start. And I'm going to tell you right now, the best place to start is at the end. Start at the end. What's your goal? Cool. If that's your goal, let's start with that in mind and try not to get too many goals. We like to list out all, what are your goals? What do you want? What do you want? You said, let's write it down, write it down, write it down. One of the biggest problems, I think, is when somebody says, I have a weight loss goal, and we think that exercise alone is going to get to that weight loss goal. I love it when people want to live better, move better, feel better, function better, be stronger. I love those goals. And when people put out goals, then you have to be very specific. All right, what are we going to go first? And even if it's weight loss, because you can, you can do that. You just have to help support them and guide them when it comes to their nutrition as well. So those SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound, relevant, relevant, and time-bound. Um, those, are, those are very important. It's going to be specific. And even if they're specific in time like it has to be relevant you have to be able to measure it right it has to fit them put your smart goals together for every client and then at the time you kind of put that into your program you say okay by this day this is when we're going to reassess your cardiovascular this is when we're going to reassess your movement. This is when we're going to reassess your girth measurements. This is when we're going to reassess your weighing, your weigh-in. You don't know where to start. You got to start at the end. You start at the end and then cut that up into smaller bits and then attack one bit at a time. And be specific and measurable. Make sure that it's a doable bit that you chopped up in. Make sure it applies to them. And put a time frame on it. That will help solve one of the problems with programming. And then finally, number seven, I've already mentioned it, but workouts must be progressive. But too many people don't progress their clients. I see this so much with my NASM people. Oh, my NASM friends who love to do stabilization training and never leave it. That's how you know somebody's a, a NASM trainer. It's just you can also look at that and know that they don't know enough that they are progressing somebody out. Of. Now, if you've got a client that needs to stay in stabilization, I don't want to. I don't want to put my judgment on you and your clients, but like stabilization, I see people that are NASM trained that will keep people in stabilization and endurance month after month after month after month after month and never create a progression. Well, they got a thing and they got a thing and they got a thing. Well, I mean, you got to progress them. You got to progress them. 
And some people are so afraid of it. I mean, it might be your clients that are afraid of it. And I understand that. But as you start to build strength, you move from 20 reps to 15 reps because it's heavier. And then you move to 12 reps and it's still in the endurance range. And then we move to 10 reps and you freak out and you go, oh, we can't do 10 reps. That's in the strength training range. Uh, but it's only two reps less than the 12 reps that you're okay with doing. Practice it. Move towards it. Doesn't mean you have to do it for every single body part, but start getting your client and maybe you used to having strength included into your program. PR charts are important. So if you want the workout to be progressive, you got to put together PR charts. And I had an episode on PR charts before, but this is so important. Adding in your PR charts and your PR charts, that could be, this is your 20 rep max, right? How much weight did you lift for 20 repetitions? It doesn't have to be a one rep max, a three or a five rep max. It could be a 20 rep max. You can get great strength results. You can just get better strength results without doing as many repetitions and get the strength benefits from it greater strength benefits because you're lifting more weight. But if that endurance is important and you push yourself to your final reps, then you can build muscle and build strength with that. But you can also build it with strength training. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the problem with programming. So here are a few questions. How do I get better at programming, you might ask? Uh, you got to practice it. You got to practice programming. You got to practice it. So wh where where's a good way to start? Why do I practice? The NASMOPT model. It's in your textbook. It's in your textbook. Just do what's in the textbook right now. You don't have to figure it out right now. Just practice some of it. And then you start to practice it and it gets in your bones and it gets in your body. You start to feel what it feels like. And then you say, okay, I bet I can take that and apply that to this exercise. And then you start adding exercises in and you do it based on the acute variables, acute because they will change soon. Not you be doing this forever. You're going to change those variables soon. And you're going to create modifications, progression, systematic progression. Well, what if I do it wrong, Rick? So what? So what? Maybe you will. Maybe you will. It's better than making it up as you go. Listen, don't overload somebody. Don't hurt anybody. Make sure that they're doing things well. That And, and even if you don't know what well looks like, if you see things and it doesn't look like that's how their body should move, then that's probably not how their body should move. Knees knocking in, back arching. Anything that looks kind of funky is probably funky. You don't have to know all the answers right now. You have to practice it so that you learn. Just don't go hard in the paint with your clients, especially new clients. You got to build. You got to work with them. Don't overload them. Don't hurt them. And then what? And then practice. Practice the programming. Well, What's the best way to practice? First of all, the best way to practice is just do it on yourself. I don't want to hurt this person. I don't want to hurt your Nana. I don't want to hurt me, me, and Papa. I don't want to hurt me, Mom, Papa. I don't want you to hurt me, Mom, Papa. You know what I want? I want you to practice it on yourself. Practice it on yourself so you know what it feels like. You know how it feels for you. 
That's how I know. I know that there are some people that I train that are stronger than me and I'll give a pull on the weight and I'll go, great, that's good for me. And let me add a plate to it because that would be good for you. I know that there are people that I am stronger than. And so what I'll do is I'll pull the weight and I'll go, oh, that'll be great. And they're like, it's great for you. I'm like, it'll be great for you because that is the weight that I know based on what I do that will be good for you. How? Because I've practiced it for so many years. You just got to practice. Don't be scared of programming. The problem is with people are so scared to program, they just don't program and then they make it up. You got to be scared of making stuff up. Be scared of that. Be more focused on being sensible and creating a system of progression. OPT model. So we talk about your certification. When you get your certification, that is a base level for you to be a personal trainer. And I've been training for a long time. I was certified long before I went back to school and got a graduate degree. I was certified long before I went back to school and got a doctorate. And you know what I still use as my base for progression? The NASMOPT model. All that education just to do pretty much the same programming I did before I got educated. Well, it's a great program. I might tweak some things here and there, but that's that's what you do. You follow a recipe. And when you get better at recipe, when you become a master of the cooking and the baking yourself, you you don't you don't just say, "Ah, oh, we don't we don't we don't make turkey with turkey anymore." You make turkey, but you flavor it in a different way, and you cook it a different way, and it still works for those that you serve. That's what we're doing here. But don't make it up. Follow a system program. The problem with programming is that people just don't do it. The problem with programming is turning the concept into an application. The problem with programming is wanting to do all the options as soon as possible. The problem with programming is that you have to think ahead. The problem with programming is that you lose track of where you are in the program and then you just give up and just end up doing exercises instead of programs. The problem with programming is that trainers don't know where to start. Start at the end and then break it up into tiny parts. Those are the microcycles, mesocycle, macrocycle, your end goal. And the problem with programming is workouts must be progressive, but too many people don't progress their clients. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. Uh, like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. If you got questions for me, you can reach out to me. Hit me up at dr.rickrichie on uh, Instagram and threads, or you can email me, rick.richie at nasm.org. You'll keep inspiring people to fitness. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.